Hi, this is the Product Owner Perspective, where we explore product ownership and agile product management to help you find better ways to maximize value for your products and services. I'm your host, Sjoerd Kranendorp. Please join me in learning from our guests and feel free to ask questions that we may address in our conversations. This episode is a special one for a few reasons. First off, this is number 10. That means there are nine other episodes with awesome product owners sharing their learning journey with you. Second, this is the first episode we recorded outside our studio at the company where the product owner does their work. In this case, we were invited over to Cramp headquarters on the edge of the Netherlands in Varseveld. In a moment, you will notice the background sound of their fulfillment center where Edwin Wopereis, product owner of the Cramp webshop, shares some of his lessons with us. We hope you enjoy our conversation and please reach out with questions and comments. Let's start with the first thing. You are product owner of the year, of last year, in the uh, awards that we organized from ProAwareness. Yep. Um, so I think it's nice to share. We are now here in Kramp. What are you product owner of? Uh, can you tell us a bit about Kramp and a bit more general introduction about yourself? Yeah. Uh... I can do, thank you uh, for that. Uh, my name is Edwin Wolprijs. Um, I'm working for the company Kramp since 1999. I have a background in sales and marketing. Uh, I'm product owner of three teams, uh, three webshop development teams. Mm-hmm. Two are located in the Netherlands and one is located in India. Uh, Kramp is a wholesale company. Uh, we are in the middle of a transition. Uh, transition from a traditional wholesale company into a uh, e-business company. So we have a lot of uh, challenging stuff going on here. A lot of change. So mm. that means, uh, yeah, a lot of nice things. Okay, that sounds like a perfect environment to be agile in, to work with Scrum. Or maybe it's even a necessity, would you say? Yeah, I think it's a necessity. Uh, I, I'm not the guy who can tell how the world will look like in six months from now. So you need, really need to be agile. Uh, capabilities to respond to change are extremely important because it's really going fast. So uh, yeah, I think agile perfectly fits to the current state we are in. Cool, cool. And can you tell us a bit more about the product that you're a product owner from? Yeah, the, um, you have three teams and... And what else? Yeah, um, when you look at the total IT organization, uh, we try to do uh, Scrum in in all the teams. Uh, I'm responsible for the webshop. The webshop is is an important tool for us. Uh, Customers are used to order uh, their parts via the webshop. Um, We are market leader in Europe. When you compare us with uh, companies like uh, Ball.com or Cool Blue, everybody will know them because they are famous from B2C and we are actually famous from B2B. Okay. Also turnover wise, we are close to those companies. So we are quite a, quite a big company. Yes, and so you're not selling directly to consumers, but you sell to retailers who sell to consumers. Yeah. And Actu- what, what do you sell? Actually what we sell is uh, spare parts and accessories and mm-hmm. we do that via a dealer channel. Yes. So we have dealers uh, who are um, located in, in all countries in Europe and they are supplying end customers, let's say farmers, with parts for their tractors and machineries. Yes. Does that mean that the farmers actually don't know Kramp? Or do they know that you actually send out the stuff and uh, get it to them? Um, I think uh, when you really would do a survey, then most of the farmers will not know us. They are in contact with the local dealer. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could compare it with automotive, for example, when you go with your car to the garage or to the dealer. You also don't know their supplier, and that's the same with us. Okay, 
Although we do our utmost to get also our brand to the outside world, for that mm. reason we have also private label brands in our assortment, because uh, we think it's important that uh, also end customers know that there is a company behind who supplies the parts, because we want the business to uh, to keep on going. Also mm. for them, it's essential to have the parts on time, because you can imagine that when a tractor gets broken, it needs to repair, be repaired very soon. Yes, you don't want to be without any tools for exactly. too long, especially if you run a big farm or exactly. other operation. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, quite hot here, but we yeah. will manage. Um, let's see. So we have the the web shop. Uh, you deal with uh, um, uh, dealers all over Europe. You have India teams, so you're quite internationally oriented. Correct. Um, how do you see that in your culture? Now what you see when you look at uh, specifically IT, for example, mm -hmm. I think we have more than 10, 15 uh, different nationalities working here already. Wow. So uh, that means that also my day um, is, is mostly uh, filled with meetings in English. Ah. Uh, it's an international setup. We are working for, uh, uh, together with international teams. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of international colleagues. So it's really a multi-culti uh, organization. And that's also what I like about, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Because uh, different cultures give you different insights and there's always something funny going on when you, you need to express yourself properly to understand and to really uh, become a good team. Yes, and um, this is a, a nice uh, uh, setup to the, the first real topic that I want to discuss with you. Because as a product owner, you uh, work with a scrum team, in your case even three scrum teams. So, um, can you tell us a bit more about that collaboration, uh, what you think is important in that and whatever yeah. is important to share? Um, the feedback what I get from teams is, uh, is often related to availability of the product owner. Are mm -hmm. you available in case they need you? Yeah. There's also a downside, I will come back to that in a minute. Uh, availability is one thing and um, uh, let teams grow. Uh, I okay. think it's um, um, often people think that you need to decide everything for the team. And it's definitely something I'm against it. Uh, you want to have self-organized team mm. who are uh, uh, multidisciplinary, who can do without dependency on others, uh, develop great stuff, okay. a great product. Mm -hmm. And um, I realized when I started as a product owner, I was always thinking I want to be in control. So mm. everything should yeah. go via my desk. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was already after a couple of months I realized that that's not the way how I should proceed because when you think everything should go via the desk you're actually breaking or you are uh, not pushing the team forward but you are really uh, with the handbrake on let, let me say okay, it like that you're keeping them back you're keeping them back instead of getting them accelerated mm -hmm. and especially in the phase where we are in in mm -hmm. this uh, fast changing world accelerate is extremely important yeah. So you should trust the team, you should mm. give them the freedom, they should also learn, that's yes. crucial, and I want them to learn fast. So there again Scrum comes into, uh, into the picture, because with Scrum we have the possibility to test and validate multiple ideas with real customers and get soon feedback, yeah. and get that feedback loop closed as soon as possible, because yeah. then you can, as a product owner, decide which idea brings the most value for mm. the company. Cool. And that's also the most difficult part, to choose or to validate the most important uh, ideas within the organization. Yeah, I imagine. And we will get into that in a second. 
Um, first, I want to uh, take a step back because you mentioned you had uh, two teams in the Netherlands and one team in India at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so how do you deal with that? Because there's some product owners in the world that have the same situation. Sometimes even all the teams are yeah. in another country. Yeah. So do you have any tips or tricks or learnings that you can share around um, that? Yeah, what, what is important uh, and that's, that's based upon my own experience is that, uh, especially an offshore team who is sitting in India, yeah. um, that has uh, uh, advantages because mm. they can really working focused on the things they need to develop. They mm. are often not disturbed by operational issues. Mm. But the downside is that you are not close to them. So if they yeah. have a question, you always um, want to give them a quick answer. Mm -hmm. With the team in India, for example, we agreed upon that in communication, when something is urgent, it's just a simple thing. They put the word urgent in capital in the subject of the email. I'm checking my email actually continuously. So when I see mm -hmm. urgent, I know this is something I have to pick up immediately. And that really helps the team mm -hmm. to get uh, embedments resolved, to get things going again. Because otherwise they sometimes have to wait. I'm in a lot of meetings and that's something I don't want. I really want to be close to them. Yeah, exactly. Because you're often busy in other uh, uh, places in the company, managing stakeholders. Uh, there's time difference, I imagine. So yeah. that might also be difficult sometimes. So this is a, a good tip to handle that. Yeah, time difference on. is something you get used to. Uh, in the beginning it's it's difficult. You think, hmm, that's, that's not possible. Mm. But in the end it's... It's all about uh, uh, getting used to it, and the moment you are used to it, you can can easily work with a team who is in three and a half or four and a half hours distance. No problem okay. at all, because they also change their day shift a little bit, so they are more in sync with us. So yeah. it's it's not a big problem. Cool, good to hear. Um, and um, how do you see um, the the collaboration between you and the team? Because uh, you mentioned you, do, you don't want to be a blocker for their progress. So uh, how do you keep in contact with them? How do you build the relationship you need to have? Um, for sure, I'm in day-to-day -day contact with them. We mm -hmm. have every morning a daily stand-up. Mm -hmm. um, we have our normal uh, uh, sprint events, uh, like the retro, like the, the, the review, like the sprint planning and uh, refinement sessions. So yep. you already have a lot of events where you are in daily communication. But what mm -hmm. is extremely important is also going there. Mm -hmm. Going there uh, four times a year. Being uh, there fully for their, uh, for their needs. Because explaining important projects is something uh, what you cannot or difficult, it's difficult to explain it via Skype calls. Yep. When you are there, you can spend sufficient time and that's also what they deserve. Because I also see and I realize that compared to teams in Netherlands, it's difficult for them. They mm -hmm. are in a difficult situation. They are living uh, four and a half hours away. They are not in day-to-day -day contact. They don't see the day-to-day -day business. So really going there helps. Okay. And also making fun with each other, that's important. Because when you understand each other and you can make jokes with each other, then you're mm -hmm. also operating on the same level. Yeah, uh, you mentioned in the, the, the conversation we had before that you shot a video for someone's wedding. I imagine that also helps in building a relationship yeah. and, uh, and trust. And I would like to be seen as a product owner who operates at the same level as the team. Because um, uh, I'm not the manager of the team. The team mm -hmm. should be self-organizing, should solve uh, a lot of complicated stuff on their own. Mm -hmm. And I'm only there to help them. Yeah. 
uh, the moment I can help them, that really gives me the good feeling. And I want to, to do that from the same level, not from a manager point of view, because managing a team is something what I don't like and also doesn't fit to, to Scrum the way we work. Yeah, yeah. You want to empower the team and really collaborate. So, we discussed collaborating with stakeholders. Um, and you also uh, mentioned already a bit about the, the speed you need the, to validate your, uh, your ideas, yeah. actually. Uh, the ideas you have as a product owner, the ideas of the company, the stakeholders, etc. So if we move on from collaborating with the team into that domain, um, how do you work with those stakeholders? Because I imagine worldwide there's a lot going on. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, to be honest, I'm in a lucky position that I have quite a long uh, track record within this company. So uh, working for this company for uh, 19 years mm. means that you know a lot of people. Yeah. Especially in a, in a big organization, we are quite big, more than 3,000 people. Uh, it's easy when you know the people. Uh, so I always uh, try to come up with, uh, with an overview uh, which stakeholders are important in a certain area. Mm. And I try to be in in day-to-day, -day, more or less day-to-day -day contact with the important ones. Yeah. Uh, and that is based upon experience because mm -hmm. um, it's sometimes you need to talk to a uh, project manager multiple times a day because an issue is going on. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can also do a little step back. Uh, what I think what is really important is that you realize that um, there are different ways of communication. What I see with younger generations, they always think if I send an email, the other one will respond to that and will immediately pick it up. Where I uh, have a different uh, view, I think you should always realize if it is really urgent, you should perhaps uh, give a phone call or set up a meeting, a physical meeting, mm. where you really bring the people into a room and discuss mm. the topic uh, to get it resolved uh, at that moment in time. Yeah. And that's, I think, um, one of the key things in managing stakeholders. Realize when you can send an email, when you should give a call, or when you should uh, set up a physical meeting. Yeah, so decide the right communication style for the, the goal you want to reach yeah. and the, yeah. the situation that's at hand. That's, that's extremely okay. important. And how do you um, make sure that you're not that uh, carrier pigeon between the teams and the stakeholders? Because I imagine if you have three teams, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And you have a lot of stakeholders. So yeah. how do you avoid being a bottleneck? I uh, promote actually uh, direct contact. Mm. Um, because um, for sure, in the end, when it comes to decisions, I'm the only one who takes the decision. Yes. Uh, but uh, that doesn't mean that in day-to-day -day operation, a project manager cannot talk to a, a development team directly. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually encur even encourage that. I want them to have direct contact because when they are on the same level, then the team gets more domain knowledge, mm -hmm. the team can decide more or can think about ideas more upfront and can make the decision afterwards easy. Yeah. Because the final call is often um, given by arguments coming from team, from uh, stakeholders. And that input needs to be on a high level because otherwise you cannot make a quali quality decision. Cool. So, so I really encourage uh, that they cooperate because in yeah. the end it's about uh, people working together. Mm -hmm. And it cannot be that they are sending an email then to a product owner and the product owner discusses with the team and brings back the message to the pro project team. Mm -hmm. You should really encourage uh, um, cooperation between people because that brings the best out of it. I'm, I'm totally uh, convinced of that one. Cool. And, and how do you then make sure that the team knows what you would like them to do? Because they have to sometimes uh, take decisions on your behalf, right? 
when you talk with stakeholders? Yeah, um, that's, that's uh, about um, giving teams and people trust. Mm, trust, yes. Because when they um, are confident and when they have the trust that they are uh, allowed also to make a mistake, yeah. then they also learn. Mm. And that's what you want to achieve. You want to achieve an environment where people don't get uh, um, uh, damaged or don't feel safe to make a mistake. Because when the team learns, I'm pretty sure that we as a total company will grow. Mm. The only thing what is important is that they fail as soon as possible. So when they fail early in the project, that gives us good insight to respond to that. Yes. If they do it at the end, then I think it's a pity. Because mm -hmm. then you already spent an awful lot of time and invested an awful lot of money without getting the proper result. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So we want people to be um, self-organized. They should have trust. They should feel safe to learn and from there on make steps. And that's what I try to encourage in, in the organization. Cool, and that's how you prevent being a bottleneck or being the carrier pigeon because yeah. you can depend on the team to, to be professionals yeah. actually, right? Yeah, and I have to admit, uh, it looks easy, but in practice it's, it's really difficult. And mm. it also depends from team to team. You see more mature teams who are used to it. You see uh, some teams failing often and mm. some teams who are really uh, in, a, yeah. in, a, in a way that they can really improve uh, on short term. Yeah. But that's also nice because if everybody would be the same, then it's also easy. Then everybody could do uh, this, this job. Exactly, exactly. And uh, what I think is uh, beautiful here is that you stress learning. And that's also something that you talked about in your speech, uh, accepting the Product Owner of the Year yeah. Award. And which we will discuss a bit more in a separate video that we're recording with yeah. a really concrete tip, uh, a tool that you are using now yeah. and learning about and also discovered by learning. So we will get to that in a separate yeah. uh, video. We will link that from the notes here. Um, yeah. um, so that's really cool to see that everything come together and to also let the team learn. Um, actually, there is one topic that um, connects to that. So without going to the tool already, we will do that later. Uh, can you talk a bit about validation? Because you are uh, learning, you are learning to work together better, to uh, help the team work mm -hmm. with stakeholders, but you're also learning what uh, is right in changes to the web shop, in the, yeah. the steps you are taking. Yeah. Um, so how do you validate that? Uh, um, I, tr I try to, um, together with business people, because mm -hmm. I'm not doing it alone, I'm doing it with a team. Yeah. Together with business people, we try to define upfront what the goal is, what we would like to achieve. Yeah. And um, um, looking at the goal, we try to make things small. And by making things small, we can implement a change on short term. Mm -hmm. And by bringing it to real customers, we get real feedback from customers. Mm -hmm. And that has changed over time because in the past we were often looking at internal people mm -hmm. and when they said, oh, this is good, we thought, okay, that's, that's the only truth. Mm -hmm. But by bringing it to real customers, you sometimes mm -hmm. get a different feedback what you expected mm -hmm. up front. Yeah. And that's nice because based upon that you can take a proper decision if you should continue yeah. or if you should stop a certain initiative. I can imagine. Can you, can you give an example? Uh, because you have a lot yeah. of customers. 
and you might have to make choices sometimes yeah. what I, you do first. The, the, the first example which pops up in my mind is uh, an implementation of a, of a new web shop in, mm. uh, in Romania. Mm. Romania is a, is a country where we are already doing business for quite a while. Yeah. But we always uh, were offering the Romanian customers a web shop in the English language. Mm. And we were thinking what would be the impact if we would offer them a web shop in native Romanian language. Uh -huh. But you can imagine that with a web shop of uh, six, seven hundred thousand pr different products with all the translations, there's a lot of money involved. Yeah, and time. <laughs> yeah, and, and time. So. If we would have done this five years back, we would have made a decision, okay, we're going to do it, we're going to invest that amount of money and we're going to completely translate the whole web shop and offer it to the remaining customers. Yes. And what we changed right now is that we only took the top 20% of the assortment, we translated that into Romanian, we brought it to the customers and now we are able to measure mm -hmm. and see if it really converts better or not. Yeah. Because if it doesn't add business value, then we should not invest the additional uh, uh, money. Exactly. And, and how did it uh, end up? What, what, what did you learn from the first 20%? What, what we learned is that um, actually you see that uh, it is appreciated by customers. When you talk to customers, they really say, okay, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, there is a part of the customer group who is telling us that um, they are familiar with English, they are used to it. Yeah. Uh, so you see a difference also in companies. In mm. companies you have some native speakers mm. who cannot understand English mm -hmm. uh, and you have some speakers who can uh, live with English and who can manage it. Yeah. So uh, we are about to conclude I think in a couple of weeks from now and then we decide what we do with the, with the rest of the show. Okay, cool. And do you have any um, metrics or analytics to help you also yeah. feed this decision? Like th that you actually have more turnover in Romania yeah. or less or yeah. whatever? Yeah. We, uh, the whole shop is, uh, is, uh, is measured with, uh, with Google Analytics. Mm -hmm. So everything what we try to, uh, to decide here is based yeah. upon uh, on data. Mm -hmm. uh, where in the past we uh, decided a lot about uh, on, on stomach feeling. Yes. And that's something we yes. don't want. We really want to have real data to see. Uh, yeah. Gut feeling helps, right? Uh, I mean, sometimes you have a gut feeling and you, then you go look at the data to see if your gut feeling is right. Yeah. But it gives you ideas. But yeah. indeed, uh, the data can sometimes yeah. be totally opposite, I imagine. Also. Yeah. Gut yeah. feeling really helps you in deciding which idea to pick up first. Yes. Because there you don't have the data. You just need to choose the best mm -hmm. ideas. And sometimes mm -hmm. you talk to customers to validate upfront already a little bit. Uh, if you have 10,000 euro, where would you invest the money? Mm -hmm. That's also a nice game, to be honest, to uh, do some, uh, some value pokering. Mm -hmm. uh, give people in a room money and they can invest money on ideas. Yeah. And based upon yeah. that, you can already make a, a, a sometimes a good decision and then really yeah. work it out and try to get real customer feedback. Exactly. And it also, uh, in my experience, gives interesting discussions between the stakeholders that are present, right? So yeah. uh, generate a real collaborative atmosphere. Yeah and uh, understanding for your decisions as a product owner. Exactly, yeah, yeah cool. true. Uh, thank you. That is, uh, uh, actually, I think we have a lot already shared and talked about. Um, and um, we also have all, always some homework, like three things that I want to know. And I don't know if you uh, want to look in, the, in your notes and then we pick it up, or if you can do it by, from the top of your head, but no. I think I think, uh, I, think we, I think we um, can 
So, here it goes. Three questions are as follows. Yep. What is your favorite product? What part of the Scrum Guide do you like best or hate? Mm -hmm. can, can be both ways. And the last one, now I have to dig deep. Do you know it still? Let's start with those two, maybe yeah. we get to it. Let's just go. So, either favorite product or your favorite part of Scrum or most hateful part of Scrum. Um, favorite products, um, when I look outside the company, um, I'm very in favor of the mobile banking app from ING. Ah. How they develop their products, keep the yeah. product lean, and really have a mindset that the functionality they add should really be beneficial, beneficial for the total target group. Yeah. So I can imagine there are a lot of issues around mobile banking, but they really make it, make it extremely simple. And that's often what we have seen in the past, where also in our company we have big requirements list. This is what we want, this is what we need. But in the end, it, it's all about which are the key functionalities, the key features, which mm -hmm. decide whether a product is good or not. And yeah. that's something I also want to bring in our company, but that we don't look at the whole functionality list, the whole yes. requirement list, but really on focus what is key. And I think ING does it perfectly with their mobile banking app. Cool, so for the people that are uh, in the Netherlands, we will add the link to that app so they yeah. can look at it uh, for themselves. And I think it's a really nice takeaway to remember that uh, focus is very important. Yeah. So you can do some things very well yeah. and then excel in that instead of do everything meh. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, that's a really nice insight. Um, and maybe also uh, a nice bridge to the Scrum Guide or not. Yeah. Um, so what is there your... Yeah, the thing you want to share. I already mentioned before, I'm in favor of uh, the Scrum values. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at, um, they were added uh, um, uh, recently, I think it was one and a half year back or something like that. Yes, 2016 and yeah. 2016, yeah. Yeah, and 2016. Uh, what you see over there is there are a lot of things which you um, uh, are really important for collaborating with a team. Mm. Uh, I mentioned trust before. Um, as a product owner, you decide um, not how they build it. So you should fully rely on the team and the team should feel confident. And the, the team should have an environment where they can really uh, trust the people around them and, mm -hmm. and are not afraid. Yes. And there are more things. Uh, when you talk about respect, uh, working on the same level fits to that scrum value. Yeah. I don't want to be uh, seen as the manager of the team. I'm working. Uh, with them together to, to, to build great software, to build mm -hmm. great, uh, a, a great customer experience. That's yeah. what we li would like to achieve. So yeah. I like that uh, uh, the most in the, in, the, in the Scrum Guide. Yeah, I, I believe it also fits perfectly with what we discussed in this, uh, this interview. Uh, all, the, all your views on collaboration, working with the team. I think they show uh, very well how the Scrum values are put into practice yep. and how they lead to building trust because yep. trust is obviously not something that you can say okay from now on we trust each other no that, that doesn't work like that, that doesn't right? make sense so you have to build on it yeah and, uh, you have to build you have to really invest nice. continuously in that and that's that's really nice okay yeah. cool i know your third question i also know it yes <laughs> yeah okay so you answer it and then let the audience figure out for themselves what the question was so just talk about it yeah <laughs> uh, it is called strategize yes. and the writer is uh, roman pichler Yes, and it's a book. And it's a book, indeed. Yes, yes. 
what I like the most about the book is that it's really uh, pragmatic, it's hands-on. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to make clear roadmaps, uh, it's, it's very easy, understandable. Uh, and it really helps in, in from strategy, vision, into really a concrete plan for the team. Uh, I really cool. uh, can recommend it to all uh, people who work in this area. Yes, uh, as a matter of fact, I've read it myself too, and I think it's a great investment of your time, of your money. It's not expensive, but yeah. uh, and uh, really nice to have it as a physical copy. I like that because then yeah. you can just put stickies in and go through it if you yeah. ha have something with stakeholders. You think, oh, now I want to do this thing. Yeah. What was it? Look it up. Um, so yeah, and. Also, again, a very nice example of learning, right? The, yeah. Getting new knowledge in, playing with it, putting it into practice, figuring out what works. Yeah. Really cool. Thank you so much for that example. And also really cool that through the other two questions we came back to the answer. Yeah. Um, to close off, um, I know that you're not a fan of being in the spotlight. So I want to thank you very, very much for doing this, for sharing the knowledge you have, because I think it's very valuable to not only learn for yourself, but also share your insights so others can learn. Um, but are, are there ways people can interact with you? Are there things you want to share with the public to uh, promote the company or whatever? <laughs> How can people contact you if they want uh, to know more, etc.? People can always contact me via LinkedIn, uh -huh. uh, via Twitter. I'm also a little bit on Twitter, not too much. Mm -hmm. um, from the company, I can tell that we are always looking for, for great people. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have uh, not only uh, an IT here at the headquarters in, uh, in uh, the eastern part of the Netherlands, in Vassenveld. Mm -hmm. We also have a Kramp Hub in Utrecht. That's uh -huh. basically an, an IT uh, part uh, from our company yeah. where we develop uh, great stuff. So if people are interested, um, please let me know. Uh, we are always looking for, uh, for good people. Yeah, and if they want to talk to you about how it uh, goes in practice, they're free to contact you on LinkedIn or Twitter, right? Exactly. They're free okay. to contact me and I will try to respond to ASAP. Cool, cool. We'll make sure to share all the, those contact details. Yep. And uh, I also share always this recording on LinkedIn and I will mention you there so people can easily connect with yep. you. Uh, thank you for that and thank you for learning, sharing your learnings and, uh, and being open for this. And we will uh, uh, also record another short video that we will release with one of the um, most fun, most important recent learnings you had yeah. and uh, see uh, what we can discuss uh, about that. So I'll catch you again in a bit. Yeah. And for now, for the audience at home, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you, Edwin, for hosting us. You're welcome. Okay. It was a great pleasure. Nice. Bye. Please connect with Sjoerd on LinkedIn, tweet at us at po underscore podcast and at Sjoerdly or shoot a mail at s.kranendonk at proawareness.nl Audio and video recording at ProAwareness Studio Delft by Matthijs van Vliet Audio podcast editing by Sjoerd Kranendonk Video editing and production by Matthijs van Vliet Music from Kevin McLeod in comtech.com under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. Thanks again for listening and please keep maximizing that value.